Hey, everybody. Welcome to the... Uh, whoops. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Adam joined by Jill. Jill, how's it going? You better keep that in. I'm going to keep, keep it in. I, I'm absolutely going you can to. keep it in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I'm good. <laughs> good. <laughs> we stopped using numbers at the beginning and I'm still not. It's like a subtle difference that you just don't realize. It's, you just go on autopilot and all of a sudden it's like, how do I say words at the beginning of this? Also, shout out to one of my dogs who, as soon as we started recording, decided to join the conversation. Naturally. Naturally. So we're just going to power through all of this, everybody. Thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, what are we doing today? It's our June Books episode. The June Books episode. Uh, for those of you who are new, uh, we every month preview the books we're really excited to read in the coming month. Uh, we do not tell each other our lists. Uh, we just go back and forth. We're pretty good at knowing what the other one's going to talk about from a genre standpoint at this point, since we've been doing this for five years. And as Jill said to me via Slack message earlier, there are so many good books in June. Wow. Yeah. Um, there are a lot. Yeah. And I'm guessing at least some of mine are people that are already on the podcast, that it will, will be on the podcast rather. Yes, Probably. Um, also I'm just going to tell everybody, if you only listen to this episode every month, you should be subscribing to our podcast. Cause over the next two months, we have some truly amazing authors that are coming on that you don't want to miss their conversations. So no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, y'all. I came back from vacation today. I had two days off. And so I'm, I was, I was like, that might drop in Jill. Thank you. <laughs> um, still, still trying to get back into it. Listen, you're trying to get back in from two days off. After today, I'm taking two days off. So it were like- It was very month. poorly planned. <laughs> There's exactly one day this week that Jill and I were in the, uh, not even in the office, but working at the same time. So- um, <laughs> It's very poorly planned on our part. That's okay. Yeah. Hey, hey, Jill, if people want to get a hold of us, how can they, how can they do that? <laughs> they can go to our website, professionalbooknerds.com. How else can they do it, Jill? What are the other ways they can get a hold of us? <laughs> wow, yep. We've reached that part of the podcast. Um, we have Twitter and Instagram at ProBookNerds. And you can email us at <laughs> ProfessionalBookNerds at Overdrive.com. Oh, gosh. <laughs> See? Okay. The problem is, like, it was like two days off. And then I came back, obviously, today. And it's just been, like, nonstop. And this is the first time, like, my brain has had time to process mm-hmm. any or like just like not process work stuff and it's catching up with me clearly <laughs> um, okay so how many how many books do you have today i forced myself to stop at eight okay that i <laughs> i stopped myself at nine so that's okay. that's on brand um okay the first few i'm going to talk about i I'm not going to talk about too long because they're going to be on the podcast or at least a couple of them are going to be on the podcast. Uh, so the first one I have is The Other Black Girl by Zakia Delilah Harris. I knew what? it. I knew that name sounded familiar and that did not occur to me until right now. Why? 
Why in, that name sounds familiar? Incredible, just an incredible moment in podcasting. <laughs> let, me, let me double check that list. I was like, wow, this sounds really good and really familiar. Why is uh, it so familiar? And now I'm worried one of my other ones is also familiar for the same reason. Continue. Oh, that's Continue. so funny. Go ahead. Well, You're fine. It sounds really good because it is really good. It's an incredible book. So uh, Zakia will be on the podcast in a couple of weeks, but The Other Black Girl is all about, um, it's, it's, it's a book set in the publishing world. And, and I told Zakia, I could not believe that this book got published. Like, I'm honestly shocked that publishers were on board with it. And she was kind of like, me too, it's wild. Uh, she had a career for a little while in publishing the other black girl is about uh, there's this main character named Nella who is a black employee working at a otherwise all white publishing house, and a another black girl starts working there as well, and that her name is Hazel, and uh, Hazel is kind of in Nella's mind the other black girl, and she's extremely good at her job, and immediately gets uh, people to kind of starting to like her and kind of starts moving up the ladder really really quickly and Nella doesn't understand why and so the book itself tackles a whole bunch of things obviously race relations but also just like how white the publishing world is on balance or at large and like microaggressions and all sorts of different things but there's also this kind of there's some like genre thrillery stuff going on that you get that gets sprinkled in the book is absolutely amazing I like just so blown away I think the podcast is almost like an hour long because we just kept talking and we got very inside baseball about publishing and it was just delightful um but you guys are gonna love this and also um in addition to the book being amazing the cover is like just Uh freaking phenomenal so um yeah can't wait for you guys to hear that podcast and the book comes out i think like next week on june 1st you can get it right away um, before she comes on but that's the other black girl by zakia delilah harris yeah there was another book where i was like this sounds really familiar and i don't know why so i took that off my list so that's fine okay um my first one is (laughs) somebody's daughter by ashley c ford y'all okay so I am reading an arc of this and it is so good. I have followed Ashley on um, Twitter for a while now and, and her memoir is sort of about growing up in poverty in um, Indiana and she has a somewhat tumultuous relationship with her mother. Her father is in prison um, and she doesn't know why. Um, it's, it's just so, so incredibly written. I have already like underlined my advanced copy of things that I just want to remember and be able to go back to just because it's so, so well-written. Um, and I'm, I'm very excited for this. I hope y'all read it because it's, it is so good. So that is somebody's daughter. Is she, are they going to be on the podcast potentially? Yes, she is. <laughs> okay, yes, no, I, yes, that's probably why I have an advanced copy is in preparation for an interview, but I'm always nervous that until I actually interview somebody, I try not to talk about it. That's fair. That's on me. Yeah. I couldn't remember. I, um, behind the scenes for everybody jill and i made a very fancy mainly jill but we collectively made a very fancy calendar for ourselves and so now i like i'm all excited to see everything on there um 
Yeah, I feel like people don't realize that we schedule a lot of interviews independently with each other. And so we don't always know, which is why I ended up with two books on my June books list that were ones you had interviewed. Yeah, it's also, it also can make for funny times when we both do that. And then like the books, like several books will be updates, you know, our every book gets released on a Tuesday. And so sometimes there's like six books on the same Tuesday that gets released. And we're like, we kind of want to talk to all those people. So we're just, yeah. Um, Speaking of, I think another book that comes out next week. Yeah. On June 1st, uh, the chosen and the beautiful, the chosen and the beautiful by Nevo. Uh, was this the other one that you had on your list that no it's not okay so me uh, i actually just interviewed them yesterday uh, on tuesday this week uh their book the chosen of the beautiful is first off again another just gorgeous cover but it's like a queer magical demonic great gatsby retelling reimagining it's amazing uh i it's all of the characters are the same our main character though in this one is jordan baker and it's still set in the 20s it's still um, surrounding Gatsby and his wild ass parties, um, but there's magic and like all sorts of just crazy stuff that happens in this. And it's so wonderfully written, um, but Jordan Baker in this character is a queer Vietnamese adopted daughter. And so in addition to all of this crazy ass jazz age stuff and magic going on and darkness, there's also a lot of like feelings of other and it just, really good stuff. It's so good. It was such a fun conversation as well. I'm staring at the physical version of it because it's right next to me as we speak. But yeah, The Chosen and the Beautiful by Nevo. Um, and our conversation was <laughs> get into like why they just hand books like The Great Gatsby to us when we're 15 years old and how we're supposed to understand all of the things it means for human beings. But it was just very, very interesting. So yeah, highly recommend that one too. What's your next one. My next one is Malibu Rising by Taylor Jenkins Reid. We all know, if you have listened for a significant amount of time to this podcast, that Daisy Jones and the Six was my absolute favorite book of 2019? I don't even remember. When did that yes, book come I out? That's great. Right. I think it's 2019. Okay, so this is um, Taylor Jenkins Reid's next book. Uh, it is Malibu in 1983. So I'm already sold. Um, and it is the day of Nina Riva's annual end of summer party. And everyone wants to be around the famous Nevas. Nina is the talented surfer and supermodel. Brothers Jane Hud, one a championship surfer, the other a renowned photographer, and their adored baby sister Kit. Together, the siblings are a source of fascination in Malibu and the world over especially as the offspring of the legendary singer Mick Reba. The only person not looking forward to the party is Nina herself, who never wanted to be the center of attention and who has also been very publicly abandoned by her pro tennis player husband. And maybe Hud doesn't either because it's long past time for him to confess something to the brother from whom he's been in several bulls since birth. Jay, on the other hand, is counting the minutes until nightfall when the girl he can't stop thinking about promise she'll be there And Kit has a couple of secrets of her own, including a guest she invited without consulting anyone. So basically, we have a lavish party in the 1980s in Malibu where everybody has secrets. I mean. Sounds so good. Right? so excited for this book. (laughs) So that is Malibu Rising. Oh, that's so amazing. 
Um, my next one is The 100 Years of Lenny and Margot by Marianne Cronin. Uh, this is, I haven't read this one yet, but it is right up my alley. It is a book that certainly sounds like it's going to absolutely tear you apart as a reader. Uh, there are two main characters, Lenny Peterson, who is a 17-year-old on a terminal ward at the Glasgow Princess Royal Hospital. And then there's also Margot, who's an 83-year-old purple pajama-wearing fruitcake-eating eat, fruit rebel. And so the two of them are basically form an unlikely friendship when they are both on this terminal cancer ward and they start telling stories to each other about their respective lives and they're both kind of determined to leave their mark on the world and so uh what with lenny uh lenny has a palliative care nurse and a father and the hospital's chaplain and they kind of devise a plan to create 100 paintings showcasing the stories of the century they have collectively lived and it's just I don't know I this feels like it's going to be a, a lot similar to a lot of books that I have really enjoyed lately like this close to okay which are very reflective and uh kind of small in the sense that it's about one or two specific people's lives and just focusing on being um a little bit heartbreaking and a little bit emotional but also very reflective in general so uh, that is The 100 Years of Lenny and Margot. My next one is Animal by Lisa Tadeo. I interviewed Lisa on the podcast a while ago about her book, Three Women, which was nonfiction. Um, this is fiction, which is very exciting. Um, so Joan has spent a lifetime enduring the cruel acts of men. But when one of them commits a shocking act of violence in front of her, she flees New York City in search of Alice, the only person alive who can make, help her make sense of her past. In the sweltering hills above Los Angeles, Joan unravels the horrific event she witnessed as a child that has haunted her every waking moment while forging the power to finally strike back. Animal is a depiction of female rage at its rawest and a visceral exploration of the fallout from a male-dominated society. Yes, please. I like all of those words in a book description. <laughs> yeah. It sounds what, what was the name of that one again? It was Animal by Lisa yeah. Tadeo. I saw that and I had like a brain freeze where I was like, why is that name familiar? And when I looked it up on our, our website, mm -hmm. I was like, oh right, because Jill interviewed her. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yeah. Uh, my next one is Rainbow Milk by Paul Mendez. Another just absolutely stunning cover for a book. Um, have you seen the cover for Rainbow Milk? I don't think so. You should look it up while I'm describing it because it's so, it's just like, it's very visceral. Um, so it's in the 1950s. Oh, yes, it is. Right? Uh, so it's set in the 1950s and there's this ex-boxer named Norman and he um, is Jamaican and he immigrates to Britain with his wife and his children. Um, and they are very resilient, but uh, he has an unexpected illness and they're dealing with racism. And they're very, very aware that it's going to be very challenging. So what ends up happening is the family has to overcome a lot of different things, including a repressive religious community and a depressed hometown. And there's just all sorts of very, very uh, challenging issues that this whole family has to experience. And it's, it's, 
beautiful, but also it's a little bit challenging to read, but it's just really, really introspective and, and deep look at race and class and sexuality and religious freedom and, and all sorts of stuff. And yeah, it's, it is a, uh, a book that deals with both racial and sexual identities, as well as the backdrop of a Jehovah's Witness upbringing. So it's just, there's a whole lot going on. Yeah. Rainbow Milk by Paul Mendez is amazing. Um, my next one is One Last Stop by Casey McQuiston. So Casey wrote Red, White, and Royal Blue, which was like a huge book when we came out. So this is about August. She is uh, 23. She lives in New York City. And moving there was sort of supposed to kind of be like a, a restart um, for her of sense. And while um, she's there, though, things aren't quite turning out the way she had expected. And then she meets Jane on a train. And Jane is dazzling and charming and mysterious. Um, she wears like a leather jacket. She looks like an old school punk rocker. Um, this all is great, except Jane is actually from the 1970s and she's been displaced in our world. And um, so now August has to sort of figure out <laughs> like what happened and yeah. How do you get her? And uh, it's it's I'm I'm so excited. The cover is also really fun. Um, this is amazing. What's yeah, that? right. One last stop. One last stop. Yeah. Um. Okay. My next one is Ace of Spades by Farida Abike Ilamide. This was the other one. That was had. the one. That was the one. Listen, Jill had this on her list too, but there's a very specific reason. It's because it's described as Gossip Girl meets Get Out. Um. And that's, I would actually describe it almost more like Pretty Little Liars uh, meets Get Out. It is wild. So there's two main characters, uh, Devin and Chiamaka, and they are at this very, very hard to get into school called uh, Nivius Private Academy. And what ends up happening is the people who graduate with like honors and um, with the claim from this school go on to like Yale and all these top places in the world. And um so it's very, very kind of cutthroat. And they both get named prefects of the senior class. And everything starts off great. And the interesting thing is Chimaka is like a super popular and has worked their whole time to get this, these acclimate or these awards. Uh, and Devin has by all intents and purposes kind of tried to stay out of the limelight. Uh, and Devin uh, happens to be gay and no one really seems to care that much about it. But then what ends up happening is shortly after the announcements for the prefix are made, uh, this character named Aces begins anonymously texting like the entire student body, these massive revelations about them. And you slowly throughout the book, learn more and more secrets about their lives and why they um, don't want secrets getting out about them. And it's kind of this like race to figure out who is, revealing these secrets and why they're doing it and oh man it's so good it's so fun it's so kind of dark but in like a, the best way possible it's oh, it's awesome I, it's so so good I feel like this book is going to be absolutely everywhere so that's Ace of Spades by Frida Abike Ilamide okay y'all I my next book is Neon Gods by Katie Roberts 
this is uh it's a romance but i'm gonna warn y'all it's very very spicy okay it's very spicy and <laughs> this is not only is it spicy it is a romance it's a romance that is about hades and persephone oh modern hades and persephone do i really need to tell you any more about this awesome right yes so persephone is a society darling she plans to flee the ultra modern city of olympus and start over far from the politics of the 13 houses but all that's ripped away when her mother ambushes her with an engagement to zeus the dangerous power behind their glittering city's dark facade with no options left persephone flees to the forbidden undercity and makes the devil's bargain with the man she once believed a myth. That would be Hades. And like, I love Hades and Persephone. We've talked about our love for Hades sound, the musical on this podcast. And now there is a really hot romance about them. So you should go guys, go get Neon Gods. Oh. And uh, the cover is phenomenal. Um, and if you sort of know the somewhat unspoken coding of romance novels, all you see on the cover is a chair. There's no people. Yeah. No, it's a furniture. So that's usually a sign. Because <laughs> uh, you can't put anything else on it. Yeah, I was just, yeah, you got it. You nailed it. Uh, There's just like a piece of furniture or a piece of jewelry and like nothing else on the cover. That's usually an indication that it's pretty. Spicy. It really is. It's so fun being like knowing the things that in the publishing world, like those little subtle hints about it. Like you see a book cover, you're like, oh, oh, I'm picking up what they're putting down. Yep. Yeah. And it's been getting, I follow Katie on uh, Twitter. It's been getting a huge buzz. Um, everyone who has read it is seeming to really, really like it. So I'm, I've not read it yet, but I'm very much looking forward to this one. Mm-hmm. And I think it's part of a series. Like I think her plan is to have like, other sort of mythological i mean it's like dark olympus series yeah that rules so hard god that rules so hard yeah that's amazing um okay my next one is the witness for the dead by Catherine addison a little bit of background Catherine addison wrote this book called the goblin emperor and when i was interviewing holly black a few years ago holly told me like we somehow just started talking about books about like elvish worlds and goblins and fey people because holly black is as i said like the young adult queen of those types of books and she said if you want to read an incredible book about the fey people that is goes beyond mind and creates a world like no other you have to read the goblin emperor so i did the goblin emperor is all about this half goblin emperor who becomes emperor because this bomb gets set off at the beginning of the first book that kills his father and like all of his half brother, like all of the court basically. And he's just like, he's the one who has to rule and like no one really trusts him. And the world that she creates, it's basically like if you took Game of Thrones and blended it with Lord of the Rings in the sense of like all of the characters are fairy and goblins and war- and orcs and all these different things. But it's like the, uh, the intrigue, like the political intrigue of Game of Thrones. And so that's exactly what the first book, The Goblin Emperor, is. It's just like the political intrigue and like how this emperor is trying to survive all these things and figure out all the different factions and all of the different wars going on and how they're going to handle all of that. 
And I know nothing about the second book, The Witness for the Dead, other than it's an extension of this world and it's going to be more of that. So again, if like you like Game of Thrones and like one of the things you liked about Game of Thrones was all the like backstabbing and the um, like house by house, like arguments and all those different things, Catherine Edison's books are perfect for you. So the second one, again, the first one is The Goblin Emperor and the second one in the series is The Witness for the Dead. Um, my last one is The Library of the Dead by T.L. Hochu. I knew it. I knew we were both going to have this one. Continue. Okay. So, <laughs> um, so this is about Ropa. Ropa dropped out of school to become a ghost talker. Sounds, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and they sure do love to talk. Now she speaks to Edinburgh's dead, carrying messages to those they left behind. The girl's got her a living and it seems harmless enough. Until that is the dead whisper that someone's bewitching children leaving them husks empty of joy and strength it's on Ropa's patch so she feels honor bound to investigate Ropa will dice with death as she calls on Zimbabwean magic and Scottish pragmatism to hunt down clues and although underground Edinburgh hides a wealth of dark secret she also discovers in a cold library a magical mentor and some unexpected allies like you had me at a cult library mm-hmm. <laughs> in Scotland. Right. Uh, yet as shadows lengthen, will the hunter become the hunted? I just am so on board. Library of the Dead, y'all. I It's like, I think I even tweeted this this morning. Anytime a book has the word witches in the, seri- in the title, I'm like, oh yes. And it's the same thing for anytime a book has the word library in the title of the book. I'm like, library of the something? Absolutely. Yes, I yeah. do want that. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, all right. So my last one is called For the Wolf by Hannah Witten. Uh, this is the beginning of a series called the World or Wood series. And it's called For the Wolf. So you can maybe guess that this is a, a kind of a reimagining of Red Riding Hood. And so here's how this works is there usually isn't a second daughter born. In fact, Red is the only second daughter born in centuries. And anytime a second daughter is born, they are to be sacrificed to the wolf in the woods in hopes that he'll return the world's captured gods. Red is almost relieved to go, plagued by a dangerous power she can't control. At least she knows that in the Wilderwood, she can't hurt those she loves again. But the legends lie. The wolf is a man, not a monster. Her magic is a calling, not a curse. And if she doesn't learn how to use it, the monsters the gods have become will swallow the Wilderwood and her world whole. So in on this. So excited. Um, I want to clarify. So I haven't read this yet, but I, I know you might think that sounds like a young adult fantasy. It decidedly is not. Is oh, it? no, that does not sound like young adult fantasy. Maybe yeah. I can pick up on it if I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Yeah, it says for uh, for fans of Uprooted and The Bear and the Nightingale. So dark, sweeping fantasy. Uh, very, very excited about this. So that's, that's For the Wolf by Hannah Witten. Um, there are so many more amazing books coming out in June, but we wanted to stop ourselves so we didn't get too overwhelming. But um, yeah, if you, you can always email us or shoot us a message on social media if you want some additional recommendations. Those are our June books. Uh, anything else you think people should know about? I don't think so. I don't think so either. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. 
Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Adam Sokol and Jill Grunewald and presented by Overdrive. For more information, visit professionalbooknerds.com. Hello, everyone. My name is Matt Neglia, and I am the host of the Next Best Picture podcast, part of the Film Entertainment Awards website, nextbestpicture.com. On our show, we explore all year long what is possibly going to win Best Picture at the Oscars. We do this by conducting interviews with people within the film industry, holding weekly reviews of the latest theatrical releases, and on our main show, where we dive into various different topics, answer your fan questions, and also do our best to explore Oscar history's past in hopes that it will tell us something new for this upcoming award season race. We hope that you will join us on all of the various podcasting networks. We look forward to seeing you over at nextbestpicture.com. Thank you.